Shame on you, Pastor. <laughs> that was that was hard. You know what, though? Hey, I'm looking around, and I love everybody here, so this is all good. I won't be nervous tonight. Uh, well, maybe a little bit. You know, I like the, as you all know, anybody ever been through one of the classes that we do back in the back, you know? Well, if, you, if you've been through there, you know I love those classes. I love to teach those classes because they're small. That's the main reason. <laughs> you know, I, but, I, you know, y'all don't scare me yet. But, I mean, like a Sunday morning crowd, I'd be up here shaking probably. Uh, I tell you what, it's so true. You know, we got such good words tonight uh, from the pulpit. I mean, from the from the stage up here. I mean, there was just prophetic flow going, and it was exciting. This house is truly blessed. We really are. I've, I'm always amazed at how God just continues to. Please, no, no lights in the in the eyes. Come on, just house lights right here. This is all I need. You'll kill me. All right, uh, but God is so faithful. You know, He is so faithful to raise up people in this house. You know, Kristen's always bringing a strong word, and Crystal is always bringing great words of encouragement and just that prophetic flow. And we have that throughout here. I mean, Megan and other these others that are, are rising up in this house to do that. You know, they're just really expressing something—a deposit, a talent that God has given them. And I'm going to talk about that some tonight. It's kind of a sideline, but, you know, the parable of the talents, y'all all all remember that? I mean, we've got all of our our Christian folk here tonight. So the parable of the talents, you know, that we are responsible uh, for what it is that God has given us in this world. We're responsible to be good stewards with that. If he's given you a gifting, uh, you know, that we are held accountable for that. We're held accountable to develop it and be a good steward of it. That all makes sense, right? Okay, well, there's there's another facet to that. Really, honestly, until you surrender to the lordship of Jesus Christ in your life, that talent cannot, that seed that is that talent cannot grow. It's, uh, and I see that all the time. It's a truth that, we, that is observable. We see that whenever someone, you know, comes into the church and they're, they're unchurched, they, they get born again, and, and whenever you first meet them, you really don't see a lot. You know, because they're coming out of out of a very suppressed, you know, world that's choked out all the all the the talents and treasures that are within them. But then God will take something that we don't even see at first, and it'll begin to bloom. And it's a little talent that they have that it's unique to them. And it's what it is is it's something that God has called them to do a good work that they are to walk in, as the Bible says that he knew was in there before the foundation of the world. And, uh, and so it's so fun to see that develop as part, of, as part of the leadership of this house, as an elder in this house. I love that probably more than anything, is, uh, you know, seeing a, a, a gifting, whether it's Darren. By the way, Darren can teach some word. Uh, we have, you know, seeing those giftings that are being cultivated as we provide opportunity uh, you know, if Pastor was expressing that earlier, that is exciting stuff because every one of y'all are a treasure. And there are things in you that unless you have an outlet for it, an opportunity for it, we will never have the blessing of seeing that come uh, to fruition. Uh, tonight I want to talk something. I kind of threw Pastor Carball said I was going to talk about the 
uh, about the attributes of God because that has really been on me lately, you know, just thinking about who God is and especially seeing him through the Son, Jesus Christ, who is the expressed image of the Father, right? I'm not talking about that tonight, okay? (laughs) But that's a good little word for you. Uh, A while back, and Crystal may recognize this book right here, a while back, my daughter recommended that I read a book and she was very emphatic about it she was like dad you must read this book and so um, I read the book in obedience just like a good dad and uh, it is really one of those books that kind of just marks your life you know it was there uh, and the story is of a guy named Victor Frankel Dr. Victor Frankel he was a uh, survivor of the Nazi concentration camps, primarily at Auschwitz, but I think they kicked him around a little bit. Crystal just recently read this book, so she can correct me. Uh, but anyway, uh, and he made it out, okay? He was a psychiatrist before he ever went in. So while he was in there, he kind of used that whole experience, which was unimaginably horrible, uh, as an as a observation ground. You know what I'm saying? He, he took that experience and did not waste it in his life and he learned an enormous amount from it and then as he came out he uh he he developed a therapy for helping people uh, based on that that experience here's the one thing that he noticed right off that if people did not have something greater than themselves to drive them to live for uh they didn't last long Makes sense, doesn't it? We know this is true, and it's biblical. The reason I like the book is because the truths that are held in here line up with what we know in the Scripture. Uh, Man's Search for Meaning it was the title of the book, and I highly recommend that. It's good reading for anyone. The first two-thirds or so of the book um, are about the experiences of the camps. The last third, roughly, is about his application of what he learned while he was in there and um, that's where it really gets good uh, because this man wanted to help people well what I'm going to give you tonight is just another set of tools to put in your tool bag Uh, most of y'all in here are pretty functional there's a couple of you I'm worried about but but the majority of you are pretty functional right okay Uh, but Donna (laughs) <laughs> always worried about Donna uh, but, uh, but seriously can't we all use tools do we all know people that struggle and we want to be able to help them we want to be able to give them good counsel godly counsel well, let me tell you this is some good counsel uh, because mankind will never uh, will never find any kind of a, a health in their in their spirit in their in their uh in their soul mind will and emotions uh, never find any kind of health there until they find their purpose in god and um, so we've got to be uh, people who are prone to encourage and exhort people uh, because we've got to help them realize that and make it further down the road so I've got some scriptures for you tonight. Randall, you're all stoked and ready, right? Um, 
one of one of which that immediately jumped out whenever I started studying this, it just pops in your head, is uh, Proverbs 29:18. Y'all are probably very familiar with that. Randall does not have that one, um, but he won't need it because I'm going to read it uh, if I get my glasses out. No. Uh, King James Version, it says, uh, where there is no vision, what? My people perish. Uh, we're talking about purpose, meaning a life filled with meaning, recognizing that meaning. And where there is no purpose, there is no vision for the people, they perish. That's a very real thing. Uh, people w- will not find their, their lane in life until they know, that they know that they know that their life is not meaningless, that there is a very real purpose for their life. Um, there's a, the, another, another good translation of that scripture is it says where there is no revelation the people cast off restraint same thing same exact thing if you're if you're looking to um, your situation and you and you see nothing more than just the here and now you don't have any revelation that your life has a greater purpose what is there to restrain you i mean live for the day you know as the 60s uh didn't actually live through it but i mean i saw it on tv <laughs> and it but it's real you know it, uh, people do they they just if they lose their their view that there is a greater purpose for their life and that this is no accident i mean look around you we are not a cosmic accident we're much, much too uh, well-crafted, magnificently made and designed, each one with a unique soul and a unique character to themselves. Um, we are designed and created for a purpose on this earth. Ephesians 2, 4 through 10, Randall. <clears throat> Okay, I love this scripture. It says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Uh, Clearly, before the foundation of the world, he knew you. He knew every one of you. There are people that you will meet in your life that he has divinely appointed you to impact. Your family, your friends, you all bear the weight of responsibility to those that you touch. Um, That's not a heavy thing. That's a great opportunity to share in the work that God is doing here on this earth. You get to be a co-laborer with him. You get to be able to 
to do something that has eternal significance. You will make a difference. You will actually populate heaven by your actions. Uh, what an amazing thought. One of the things that we love here is that opportunity that we have to get help people with foundations in their life, build on a strong foundation. Why do we love that? That has the potential to impact generations. One person, one family that gets born again and decides to serve God can impact generations, six, seven, eight generations, as they pass that heritage down from one to the next. You have that exact same opportunity every day of your life. There are, there are good things that God has called you to do that he has prepared before the foundation of the world. Works for you to walk in. Good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. It's not an accident. It's a very sovereign God, isn't it? The God that knows every, every impact you're going to make, every mark you're going to leave in this world, and he's allowed you to share in that. Uh, I mean, to me, that's exciting because, frankly, I don't want to live a life that has no purpose. I want to have that confidence that I'm making a difference. I don't want to leave this world a worse place whenever I, whenever I, I don't want to leave a vacuum. I want to leave an impact. I want my life to matter. I hope you do, too. Y'all do, is that the way y'all feel? Okay, uh, then get good at this. <laughs> Exhortation, encouragement, it's in the Bible. Uh, encourage people to walk this life out and to and to run the race in a worthy manner of their calling. Uh, another great scripture, y'all will all know, Romans 8, 28 through 30. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his what? According to his purpose. For those God foreknew, once again, we're back to the foundation of the world. He also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. You are family. You are, you are family in the kingdom of God. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. It's all about him. I promise you, if you're in here tonight and you know Jesus, it was not an accident. He knew you from before the foundation of the world. He drew you. He called you. And, I mean, he had your name and your number long ago. So my point, once again, is walk worthy of that calling. Join him in his work on this on this earth. Be an encouragement. Be a part of what he's doing on this earth. Set your course to uh, to join him in every area of of his life in this earth. The life that he's pouring out of you. That that uh, power of the Holy Spirit that touches all those people around him. Be aware of it, and then join him in it. Very important. You know, um, in the in this book uh, that I've been talking about. There's a, there's a couple of things, that points that he makes in there. He says there's really three areas of purpose uh, that drove people in that concentration camp that kept them alive. Uh, one was a, a creative uh, art kind of a, a bent, someone that perhaps had a book that they wanted to write. 
uh, a book that was in here that they want a great work um, an architect who had a, a vision of a building that he wanted to build and he wouldn't give up because that was in there and he wanted to leave his mark on this earth is that starting to make sense I mean that is that is us I mean we have a chance to leave a mark a legacy uh, as we join what Christ has appointed us to do and this and you know and make a difference and don't discount what one who what about the guy they have you heard this before probably but what about the guy that was instrumental in Billy Graham getting saved you know you you hear examples like that I mean did he leave a legacy? Did he leave a mark on this earth? The guy that witnessed the gospel to Billy Graham? I mean, that could be any one of us. You know, is, is it, you know, the potential to change a destiny by greeting someone well at the door out here? Seriously. Uh, I know for a fact that the day I was born again in a little country church outside of, in Cottondale, Texas, there was a guy that met me there, did not know me, and he gave me a big bear hug and kissed me on the cheek. <laughs> yeah, uh, he knew my friend, you know, and so it wasn't, it wasn't quite a, such a shock. <laughs> it was a little bit, but this guy was just full of the love of God, and, uh, and there was no denying it. He was just real, you know, gregarious, open kind of guy. Well, um, you know what? That, that spoke to me in a lot of ways but uh but it really was it really was powerful uh, to see a genuine the genuine love of god demonstrated glenn spindler you remember glenn yeah uh um, this guy was a vietnam veteran marine corps he he was not he was a he was a manly man but he was he was confident in his manhood <laughs> but to kiss a stranger on the cheek and he had whiskers too but uh i remember that uh, but yeah, it was weird. But anyway, that, but let, but I mean, the love of God was just pouring out of him. You know what? It impacted me. It really did. You know, I, I I know in there I was like, I mean, this guy's different. He's got something I don't have. Uh, that can happen any day in here, any day in here. We have a very loving and outgoing church. Uh, but you know what? You can't be too loving and outgoing. Honestly, honestly, uh, you know, as people come into this house, uh, you know, love on them. Take an opportunity to encourage them. Uh, you know, let that love of God that's in you flow out. Don't cork it up. Don't bottle it up. Be a blessing to people. I know there's a couple of them in here like that. I mean, there's some people in here that just are full of the love of God and the life of God just flows out of them and you can see it in their eyes and and you know be who you are and let your light shine in this dark world uh seriously it's important you might change the destiny of a whole family generations just by one moment of crazy love you know and so it's important to really think about the potential of these things the number two thing that he noticed that drove people was relationships it was a family member that they wanted to live to see again. It was, a, it was a friend or a family member, a spouse, a child, whatever, that drove them to endure these incredible hardships in order to be able to see that person again. Uh, you know, I think about so many of us in here, we have family members that don't know the Lord. Um, the sovereign God that we've just been talking about can blow their world up 
can turn them upside down, can break down the walls, can, I mean, can wreck them. He can do it. Do you believe he can do it? The God I know can change hearts. He can change hearts. He will change hearts. And uh, so you gotta you got to make you stand. You know, you got to believe that he can do that. You know, it doesn't mean that he's going to, Crystal is so good, you know, 18, is it eight weeks? Is eight days, eight weeks, eight months, or 18 years? We don't know. All we know is, and all we can have full confidence in, is that his timing is perfect. And, uh, and he is going to accomplish something in that, no matter what the timing is, that you cannot imagine. Uh, I, I, a lot of y'all may remember from me sharing my testimony before that whenever I was four years old, or not quite four years old, my dad was killed in a farming accident. I really never knew him well. I remember very little about him. Uh, but 30 years, and everybody would have looked at that and said, you know, what a tragedy. There's no way. Left four boys on the farm with a widow. It's not a good scene, right? Everybody looked at that and said, what a tragedy. 30-some-odd years later, you know, uh, I'm almost 50. It's a lot longer than that later. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it, through, through the perspective of time, it doesn't look like it was such a bad deal after all. Uh, it, it was never a good thing, obviously. I mean, it's a bad deal. But my brothers and I all love God. My mother loves and serves God. Uh, I know for a fact that the events that spun out of that, the rebellion that I went through, my crazy stepdad that I had to live with and all that stuff, and all the rebellion that spun out of that is the reason why I am so passionate about the things of, of the kingdom of God. Uh, if, I, if my dad was a good old boy, I could easily see me being just another good old boy that was good enough he didn't need God. You know what I'm saying? The perspective, you cannot second-guess God. The perspective of years is the only way you'll ever know and be able to see what he was up to. But my point is, he's trustworthy. That's, that's the God of the Bible. He is trustworthy. Whenever it works out, you will step back and go, okay, now I see. You will. Uh, and you know what? That was the faith of the people of the, in uh, Hebrews chapter 11. The hall of faith, as we call it. You know what was such great faith about those? Go back and reread that. They had faith in the character of God. They knew he was good. And they could not be persuaded otherwise. And let me tell you, they went through some rough stuff. But they knew that he was good. And they knew that no matter what happened to them, in the end, they would be able to look back and go, okay, now I see. And it would be for their good. It would be for the, the good of them and their legacy. That's the confidence they had in their God. And so very important to know that about him. He wants us to have that kind of confidence, to, be, to not waver in that. All right, uh, Jeremiah 29.11. I bet half of y'all could quote that. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. 
do you believe it? He, he's trustworthy. He honestly is very, very trustworthy. Um, he will never let you down, but take that stand. I'm telling you, um, I heard this said many years ago. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of teaching on faith right now. And I can't, I can't get up here without going there, Pastor. <laughs> yeah, you know where I'm going. Uh, there's a lot of teaching on faith right now, and I've got to tell you, some of it's definitely an error. And uh, biblical faith is faith in God, okay? It's not faith in faith. Uh, that's where people get off. Uh, if you believe that if I say this, if I quote that, uh, that God has to honor that based on my stand in Christ and everything, you know, uh, that is, that's really pretty, pretty much closer to witchcraft, abracadabra, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, but I, I, I say this, therefore God has to, you know, um, that's a little closer to witchcraft than it is to true biblical faith. True biblical faith is, is faith in God, is faith in the character and the nature of God. You know he's going to do it because you know his, his character and his nature. You know he's loving. You know he cares about the details of your life. And you know he's not going to leave you out to dry. That is true biblical faith, okay? So uh, if, whenever you hear the other stuff being thrown around, um, you know, be careful. Be careful. There is a dividing line there. Now, I, I'm, a good confession is important. A biblical perspective is important. I do not disagree with any of that, but be careful whenever you, whenever you begin to think that God has to do things your way because of your confession. And first of all, you don't want that. You don't want that. You may think you do, but you do not want that. Any good father does not operate that way. Do you remember the whiny little kids? Okay. <laughs> if you've ever been one or been around one <laughs> or had them, I mean, a good father knows what is best for them. And in spite of their whining, in spite of their fit throwing and their tantrums, he operates what is best in their lives to make them fine young men or young women because he's concerned about their character not their comfort. And uh, so I, I'm telling you, this is a good father that we, that we serve. And uh, he's got your best interest at heart, and he's trustworthy. Once again, I love that. I mean, I love that word, but, I mean, this is the God that we serve. He's the God that created you, knew you before the foundation of the world, called you to join him in, in this work drew you by his Holy Spirit, and has amazing things for you to do. Trust him. You, when you trust him with your life and stand in true biblical faith, you open up a whole realm of possibilities of things that he can do in you, through you, and with you. If you, if you can't settle that issue of trust, you're, you're damming up, you're putting a cork in everything that he wants to do in your life. And uh, it's like the when we started out talking about someone that, you know, just gets born again, and you see, you don't see anything as far as gifts, gifting or anything like that in them. But then after a little while, you begin to see this stuff start to flow out. 
you know, what that is is that's God working his work in that person, and it's, um, you know, it's a, there's no limit to what that can be. I mean, we've seen some stuff, you know, people that have been saved six weeks that have revelations that people 50 years don't have. You know, it's, it's whatever you're allowing God to do in you as a conduit, you know, are you surrendered to him? Have you settled the lordship issues? Uh, do you believe in who he is? Do you trust his character? Do you trust his nature? Settling those issues is what is important to me. And I know the pastor in this house and all the leaders in this house, that's what we want to be about in this house is we want people to forever settle those issues so they can walk in health in their life. You know, there's a, there's a place in this book. I want to read a little something here. It's an excerpt from this book, but... Put this in your tool bag, okay? Put, hang this on your tool belt, whatever. Uh, it's, uh, y'all, y'all turn in your book to page 153, no. <sighs> You'll all have one next week. <clears throat> no, it, it really is a good read, though. Uh, he's talking about this therapy. He says the therapy focuses rather on, uh, he's talking about what it is not. He says this one actually focuses rather on the future, that is to say, on the assignments, listen to this, this is so biblical, on the assignments and meanings to be fulfilled by the patient in his future. At the same time, uh, logotherapy defocuses all of the vicious circle formations and feedback mechanisms that play such a great role in the development of neurosis or an unhealthy mind. Thus, typical self-centered Thus, the typical self-centeredness of the neurotic is broken up instead of being continually fostered and reinforced. You see, psychotherapy says, um, you know, tell me about the bad things that happened to you. Um, You know, and, okay, what else happened to you that was bad? It's all about dwelling on the bad stuff in the past. And and from that you're supposed to get relief. I don't I don't know. I I don't understand it, Donna. You know these things, <laughs> but but the but the reality is he, he developed this whole this whole uh, therapy surrounding one concept. Forget everything that ever happened to you. It was for a reason to develop character in you to get you to where you're at today. Now, find meaning in that. What was it that God was trying to work in you? What have you learned from that? Now, forget it, move on. Uh, He found that this was the most healthy thing that he could do for a person. Does it sound like burying the old man? Does it sound like repentance and forgiveness, moving on, being able to put those old things away? It's so biblical, you know, and that's one of the things I, I loved about the book. I'm sitting there reading it going, man, that is just, it lines up with the Word of God. You know, we don't help anyone whenever we, I mean, we can com- bring comfort. We can be, bring comfort for sure. You know, it's good to empathize with someone. But you really ultimately don't help them until you show them the way out, right? I mean, you've got to have an answer for them. The answer is in the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. That is our answer. 
we are every morning able to get up and start fresh. Christians should be better at that. Uh, I mean, you, if I blew it yesterday, I'm getting pretty good at just getting up in the morning and go, wow, that was stupid. <laughs> and then move on, man, move on. Life is too short, people. It, you can't dwell in this stuff. You can't let that wreck your life. Do not live in the wreckage. Put Bury yesterday. Bury 10 minutes ago and get good at it. Get good at it. Woo. I mean, seriously, uh, we've got to be better at that. Jesus forgave you. You didn't, he didn't, you didn't blow his mind whenever you blew it. He knew that you were going to blow it before he ever called you from the foundation of the world. That's the sovereign God that we serve. I mean, so you did not rock his throne and, you know, kick him off. I mean, he knew it, and he's bigger than that. And he's all about completing the work. Okay, he's not about dwelling on yesterday. He's about moving on. And so, you know, I, I say that to, as a way of encouragement to y'all. And also to help y'all help other people. Because honestly, uh, that's part of this. You know, I mean, learn from what you've experienced and then, and then be able to help other people walk out of this stuff. And, and if you know someone that's dwelling in the wreckage, they, there's only one solution. You know, they got to bury that thing. And so your counsel should be all about that. And, uh, you know, a big God, a big God is, is able to do that. Uh, so once again, we come back around to the attributes of God. <laughs> so uh, we, we were just talking about this last week. You know, I, we want to see people, you know, really get a hold of this really get a hold of how how huge our god is and how how he's you know he's bigger than those things he's bigger than those failures the stuff that happened to you in your life was to make you stronger was to give you insight was to make you a conduit of grace to other people around you so bury that thing and learn from it and apply it to those other people around you um just by way of encouragement i mean this is uh you know this is a good a good lesson for all of us because I mean we all need to be better at it we need to be better at it. encouragement and exhortation and knowing the answers that people need you know being able to to quickly identify this person is letting the past just strangle them you know choke them killing them and so to be able to help them lead them out of the circumstances that are just so you know oppressing them but, I mean, do, do we honestly, every one of us, still, do we trust God? That's ultimately what this boils down to for me. Do we trust him? I have to ask myself that. I ask you that. Do you really ultimately trust him with everything? Uh, because if you don't, you need to settle that issue. He is a good God. And his character, his nature, is all about your best interest. He is going to work those things in you, and it may be tough at times, but this life has a lot of seasons. I'm telling you, uh, I'll ask you this. Where could you be in five years if you set your mind to do something today? 
what could, what could you accomplish if you buried everything today in the past and you and you believed in this kind of god that we're talking about tonight and you said what could you accomplish in five years what could you accomplish in 10 years i mean people get advanced degrees in that amount of time you know you can i mean i think everybody in my family's always been on like a five or six year plan but uh, I, I hear people actually graduate college in four years i think it can be done <laughs> so it's gonna happen i mean that's that's a positive confession but uh that, that my point is what can you know don't limit yourself kill it start over every morning if necessary till you get good at it all right until that that thing that's hanging on is dead and uh so anyway that's my word of encouragement for you tonight because you know we need encouraging right we're supposed to encourage one another unto good words works but uh, great book definitely got some tools in it and it's also a really awesome story by the way so you might want to read that if you get a chance crystal liked it didn't you crystal crystal loved it and she was like quoting stuff back out of the book i mean i've got like half the thing underlined it really is good but it's good only in the sense that it does line up with the word of god the truths that are in there and it's good as far as giving you tools to be able to help people does anybody like to help people okay do you have family or friends that need a little help need some encouragement praise god for that right we are here for that purpose one of the many good things we've been called to do all right thank y'all so much tonight. So, pastor